SOAS Radio presents World Radio Day 2015. Hi, my name's Alice McCool and this World Radio Day I'm going to be talking to Emmanuel Girmay from Radio Arena. Arena, meaning Our Eritrea, is a Tigrinya language station run by Eritrean defectors in Paris, most of which were journalists back in their home country. Often dubbed Africa's North Korea, this small East African nation bordering Ethiopia, Djibouti and Sudan has had no press freedom since September 2001 when the government closed down all independent media and arrested an undisclosed number of journalists. In the same way, Cuban diaspora in Miami have set up radio stations or the work of organisations like Free North Korea Radio who broadcast to their home country, Radio Arena broadcasts freely reported independent news and information to Eritreans in Eritrea via satellite. I wanted to find out more about the underreported issue of press freedom in Eritrea and how this radio station is able to reach an audience who ordinarily only have access to government propaganda. So, hi, Emmanuel. Um, thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. Uh, my pleasure. I'd just like to start by asking you how and why you became involved with Radio Arena. Uh, well, uh, it starts back uh, in my country. I was a journalist for the uh, media, for the government press. And uh, after I decided to leave Eritrea in 2009, in the mid of 2009, uh, I was looking if uh, there's a possibility to, to provide uh, for my public, uh, for Eritrean people, a kind of uh, information which is not only fed by the government, but kind of information which is uh, which is uh, kind of credible and uh, which really involves uh, the real situation in Eritrea. So the moment I left Eritrea, there was uh, this kind of radio arena which was established with the support of Reporters Without Borders in Paris. And I was staying in Ethiopia as a refugee for some time. And then the moment I asked uh, RSF if I can be uh, any kind of help to this radio, and uh, they were willing to 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 help me to just come to Paris to join this radio, and I was able to to continue my profession. Did you have to leave Eritrea because you were a journalist? Uh, what what happened? Yes, actually, in February two thousand nine, uh, there was a mass arrest of journalists. Like about fifty journalists were arrested in February two thousand nine. So it was a scary and a very frustrating moment uh, for me and uh, other journalists like me. So I decided to leave just after a few months. Like uh, the, 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 the journalists were in prison in February 2009 and I left in June 2009. Just had to avoid myself being arrested because I knew that they had nothing to do with, uh, with what uh, they, they were in prison for. So uh, it could be me one day, so I decided to leave Eritrea. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting, I think, from our perspective. Obviously, I, I know that Eritrea does have one of the world's most restrictive press environments, yeah. but I've always, it's always surprised me that it manages to come below North Korea in the Reporters Without Borders Press Freedom Index. Um, I wondered why you thought that was. Yeah, because, you know, of course, nobody uh, heard a lot about Eritrea, actually, yeah, because exactly. it's a very closed uh, state, but uh, practically... Uh, living in Eritrea as a journalist is like, you know, very scary because you don't know uh, when and how you will end up in prison. And from time to time, especially from 2001, in September 2001 until now, uh, you see that, like, for example, a journalist is going from his uh, work to his home and suddenly disappears. And uh, that's how uh, 
uh, finally it ends up to be you know the biggest uh, jailer or journal for journalists in uh, in the world mm-hmm. but nobody talks about that uh, until uh, recently so and so on that i was wondering how the broadcast of the radio station works i understand you've had problems with the jamming of the station signal uh, most likely from the eritrean government and i wanted yeah. uh, sort of how you're able to ensure your broadcast do reach their target audience uh, since uh, June 2009, we started broadcasting by satellite. And yes, in the middle of uh, 2012, the government jammed us, accusing us that we are cl- creating violence inside Eritrea. But it was not true. We just were trying to give uh, information, the real information, what's really happening to the Eritrean public, what's really happening to the Eritrean refugees around the world. So we were trying to talk what's really happening in the region. So the government accused us in uh, by uh, accused us of creating uh, violence inside Eritrea and uh, jammed it. And after that, we look another option to broadcast again. And uh, we took another option. It's also the satellite. We also added a short wave, and uh, we tried to reach uh, in all sorts of uh, means to the Eritrean public inside and outside. And now we are still managing to reach a big uh, number of our audience uh, everywhere. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. What evidence you have of whether people are able to listen to your broadcast? Have you been in touch with any of your listeners or or how how does that work? Yes, we will do that. We do that. You know, uh, every day we receive like uh, hundreds of calls and uh, we broadcast it every Sunday. The people who are willing to be on the radio, yes, we broadcast it. And some of them, they just call us to just give us some feedback, some information, some opinion. So every day we receive like 100 calls apart from the Facebook inbox apart from uh, all other means. Is that not a risk for them? Uh, it's, uh, these people, are most of them are from the, uh, outside. From ah, outside, okay. very difficult. But okay. we, how we know that, because we know that every day, hundreds or, I don't know, thousands of Eritreans are living to Ethiopia and Sudan, and the moment they cross the border, most of them, they just call us. Some, some of them still think that we, we are like in a kind of a station which, give, uh, which gives help to refugees but we are not we are just radio they just call us the moment they leave Eritrea they call us then uh, we, uh, we ask them some questions if uh, how they knew uh, radio Rana and uh, they say that everybody in Eritrea listens and of course we have some cross checks to to prove that if everybody is listening inside Eritrea and uh, we prove that that's a really amazing achievement I think you should be yeah. you should be really proud um, thank you you, you, you mentioned uh, the Facebook page and I wanted yeah. to speak sort of about about radio and sort of whether you think that radio is an easier way of reaching citizens of countries where all media is government control compared to, say, sort of online platforms, like social media or blogging. Um, but it sounds like you use that as well. So I just wondered what, what the comparison is for you. Yeah, uh, you know, in Eritrea, it's very difficult to access Internet. OK. Uh, and it's very difficult to, you know, call to listen like we have this service. Anybody can call to listen to the radio, and it's not possible in, inside Eritrea. Shortwave is not reliable because it's easy to jump, so the best way for the public inside Eritrea is the satellite. So we're still working for that. We, all our efforts focus on, the, on this portion, on satellite, because, you know, satellite, uh, they cannot... Yes, they try to jump it, but it's uh, very difficult to, to, to jump it. It's very expensive to jump all the satellite signals, so... We are on the Nilesat uh, with uh, some other channels, and uh, for the public, it's uh, the safest way to listen. In every house, they have these satellite dishes, and uh, because the Eritrean TV and radio are also in this satellite, 
So we are in that satellite. So it's the best way and safest yeah. for everybody to listen that. So we we choose a uh, uh, satellite for the for the public inside. But for the audience outside, we have almost all kinds of services. Like as I told you, we have this uh, call to listen. Anybody like if a taxi driver is Eritrean and you want to follow us, you can just call to to some number. If he's in Yemen or in Europe, you can call some number and just you can hear us. And anybody who wants to to log into internet via Facebook and we have a website, so we have uh, I think all possible means to reach our audience at this time. Oh, that, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. I. I just wanted to ask what might be a bit of a, a difficult question, um, but I wondered sort of what future you do see for press freedom and other political rights in your country. What do you think needs to change in order for that to even begin to be a possibility? Uh, well, actually, I'm very uh, optimist because you know I try to compare the life of air trans now this year and the life of air trans back in 2001. Because in 2001, everybody was afraid even to speak. But this day, yeah, you can you can see that everybody is willing to speak. Everybody is willing to express himself. Everybody is willing to to express his opinion, political opinion, and everybody is willing to you know uh, criticize the government. So I see that it's uh, something is coming uh, for the future of Eritrea. Of course, at this time it's not possible because there is a hard grip in, in inside Eritrea. The government is controlling everything, but. I don't know exactly when, but for sure in the future, I, I would see a very hopeful and uh, hopeful uh, kind of uh, change uh, in all aspects. Yeah. And I think uh, initiatives like yours are definitely working towards that. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that we can end on that, that positive note. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, th- th- thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me today. You're welcome. You're welcome.